Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Hey, what's up, everybody? We um, are going to jump into this Devo. We've been doing, as a church, a series on the book of Galatians, and we've covered all the way uh, through chapter 4 and really looked at some of the theological um, and doctrinal Uh, statements from Paul on what it looks like to live in liberty and not by law, really contrasting uh, what was happening in the book of of Galatians. And Paul literally is correcting some false teaching uh, to Christians. They'd come in, uh, gotten saved, lived by grace, gave their life to God, and and then some teachers came in and began to try to get them to live by law also different eating requirements, different circumcision requirements, just some of the Jewish law. And Paul goes all in and really uh, combats these guys because he really believes that Jesus plus anything is heresy. And so what I want to do is I want to just deal with chapter five and six in a quick 20 minute Devo here. And uh, I'm going to read some passages to you and then give you some major thoughts uh, of what Paul's talking about. And hopefully we'll get through uh, both chapters here together. I think it's going to be good. So Galatians 5 uh, verse 1, Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I indeed, Paul, say uh, that if you become circumcised, Christ profits you nothing. And I testify again to, uh, to every man who becomes circumcised that he's a debtor to the whole law. Uh, you have become estranged from Christ you who have attempted to be justified by law. Look at that. The word is attempted. You can't, you can't be justified by law. You who attempt to be justified by law have been estranged from Christ. And he says, and you have fallen from grace. I don't, this doesn't mean you've lost salvation because he's speaking to Christians and trying to get them to, to change their mind, change their ways. We'll get into what this means. But he says, you've fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. There, Paul goes bottom line right there, faith working through love. And then he says, you ran well, who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. You you didn't get this from Jesus. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. He starts talking about cooking and going into cooking lessons here. He's talking about leaven and what they cook with. It's, It's odd. And he says, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. He's saying these false teachers, God's going to take care of them. He says, and I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. Paul's getting a little extreme there. He's talking about circumcision, and there was pagan practices in the day where where men would actually uh, cut themselves off that way to prove their faith to this specific pagan God. Paul's basically saying circumcision, this is a a very um, uh, a punch in the face to the Jews. He's basically saying circumcision is as much as pagan worship. You might as well be pagan and be worshiping pagan gods if you're still uh, believing for this. He says, um, you might as well cut yourselves off. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in this one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's where Paul sums it up. I just want to give you some thoughts from chapter 5. This is just the first half. Paul goes bottom line with Christianity. He says, nothing else matters except faith expressing itself in love. Faith in Jesus 
and then expressing itself in love that, that all these guys are trying to add and put a little extra in place and add a little rules. And Paul's going, no, 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 let me get extremely practical that it all starts with faith. And then Paul literally starts the book out in five in verse one. He says, stand fast, like, like stand your ground, stand fast. Um, he, he really is telling you and I uh, the way to know the way to live um, holy is to have a revelation of of your righteousness to uh, to stand fast in who you actually are. Like if you want to live for God, I wrote it this way: the secret to holiness is a revelation of righteousness. And so you have to understand that you're a son and daughter pleased by God. You, God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And in Jesus, you're accepted. And so literally, once you begin to understand inwardly who you are, Paul's saying that you don't need a bunch of external laws because you understand the new you, who you actually are. You're a son or daughter of God. And so you have to understand what that looks like and know your identity. Years ago, uh, I had a pastor friend that uh, in his younger years, his dad was a pastor um, and his dad would always say to him every time he left the house or would go out with his friends or go to a party or whatever, his dad would say to him, hey, don't forget who you are. Don't don't forget who you are. And my friend was telling me this story. He said, and no matter how far my friends went into a lifestyle or bad choices that I knew I shouldn't have, I never went as far as they went because my dad's voice was ringing in my ear. Don't forget who you are. And so I made certain choices because of who my father said I was and who I knew I was. And so I always did that with my kids growing up for, for years. I'd drop them off at school every morning. And I think my oldest, he's 19 now, and we're still saying to him, don't forget who you are. Um, but he was probably 12, uh, maybe 11. And I said to him one day, getting out of the car, hey, don't, don't forget who you are. And he looked at me, he goes, yeah, I'm a hobo in a bikini, dad. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, help me. You know, but the reality is, he, he acted like a hobo in a bikini every now and then and made some choices based on that concept. I mean, he was 11, you know, and he thought it was funny and it was hilarious. But, but we began to continue to say, this is who you are. And I think a revelation of who you are really drives the, the holiness and the behavior. And the reality, Paul says, is stand fast in your liberty. The, the only true liberty on the planet is Christ. And so Paul's telling us again, stand fast in Jesus. Verse two, he says, if you're circumcised, it adds nothing to Christ. Uh, verse three, he goes on to say, listen, if, if you're going to, if you're going to do some of the law, you're going to be a debtor to the whole entire law. Me meaning this, that you don't get to pick and choose pieces of the law. You, you don't get to start a list and, and say, I'm going to do a little bit here or there. It's not percentages, it's perfection. And so if you want to be a legalist or if you want to obey all the rules to be pleased with God, Paul says, you're going to, have to do all of it. And really, there's only one person that did it all. There's only one perfect one. That's Jesus. And so, so again, he's saying, get back to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Paul says, you've become estranged from Christ. Verse four, you become estranged from Christ. Estranged literally means you've been cut off from the source. Estranged. You've been cut off from Christ, the source. You who attempt to be justified by law, again, it's an attempt. You and I can never be justified or be pro prove ourselves to God through our actions. Paul actually says, you've been severed from the source. And then he says, this interesting statement, he says, you've fallen from grace. So, so what that infers to me, that grace is higher. And, and, and when you try to live by the law, you fall from grace and you lower yourself. Not that they've lost their salvation, but they've fallen from grace. They have been estranged from the source of living, the source of life. They literally have fallen from grace. What, what you can understand is this. Grace is always a lifter. 
And grace is always a builder. Grace always picks you up. Grace always encourages. Grace always says, come on, you can get it right next time. Grace gives you a second chance. The law always is a lowerer. The law always pulls you down. And, it, and it, what it does is it takes your eyes off of grace, the source, and puts your eyes on yourself. Literally, when you begin to live that way, you're in a vicious cycle because you can't see grace anymore because you're blinded by yourself. You're blinded by your own actions, your own behavior, yourself. But Paul's saying, come on, get your eyes on Jesus. He says, circumcision doesn't profit you anything. It's pointless. Holy Spirit, hope in Him leading us to a future is what we believe for. Holy Spirit helps us to love one another. He bottom lines it, verse 6, circumcision is nothing that faith working through love is everything. Holy Spirit helps us believe. Holy Spirit gives us, increases our faith. Holy Spirit gives us love so we can have faith working through love. And then he shifts Galatians 5, 7 through 15. In verse 7, he says, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? It's a, it's a um, original language in Greek Olympics. You would have a, a lane that you were assigned to run in. And, and literally the rules were you could try to bump each other out of their lane to get them disqualified to win your race. Paul, Paul says, hey, you were running well. These Jewish teachers came in and who's bumped you out of the lane of grace? Who's bumped you out of serving God in grace that it's all Jesus? Who's got you putting your eyes on yourself? He goes, look, you ran well. Don't, don't get out of the grace lane. You know, it, he goes, you, you, you're called to win. You're called to overcome. You're called to be a champion. When you get into a different lane, all of a sudden you begin to run funny. Come on, you, you can't run apart from any other lane except the lane of the grace and power of God. And so Paul says, look, don't get out of that lane. Verse 9, he goes, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. He begins to talk about this weird term of cooking. He, and literally leaven was a little bit of fermented yeast from the old batch of dough that they would take and put into a new batch of dough to make the, that dough puff up and rise. It was leaven and it's yeast and it permeates everything. So what Paul says is a little leaven, a little law. If you take a little bit of Old Testament law and old covenant and try to put a little bit of it into your New Testament grace in Christ, all it does, Paul says, is puff you up. It makes you prideful. It makes us think that we actually are doing something that, that makes God happy with us. That literally that, that grace is the thing that allows us to be in a relationship with God. So don't get swollen or puffed up when it comes to uh, walking with God. He, he, he says it in verse 12. It's extreme because I wish you'd cut yourselves off. I wish you, if you are so big about circumcision, I mean, this is like MMA. Paul like starts, throw, takes off the gloves. He's like, look, I'm going to punch you right in the face here. If you, if you think that circumcision is anything, then go ahead and cut the whole thing off. I mean, he's like, he, he says, I mean, Paul's pretty intense here. And he says, you might as well be a pagan worshiper. And then verse 13, he says, but brethren, you've been called to liberty. Therefore, use liberty to serve one another and not an opportunity for the flesh. And so he gives us a little temptation that sometimes we have with liberty. He says there can be an abuse of liberty. He goes, you don't take liberty and use it for license to do whatever you want. Don't, don't say, oh, well, I've got grace. I can do anything I want. He says, use liberty to serve one another. Use liberty to be free and to love each other and to serve each other. And, and the two abuses of liberty, I think, are, are number one, license. I'm going to do whatever I want. Grace is, is grace and I can go sin and do anything. Or, or legalism. There's the two extremes, license and legalism. That grace is this loan from God and it's legalistic and we've got to pay God back, pay him back, work, work, work harder to be approved by God, make God happy with me. I've got to do more. That's license. I'm going to do what I want. That's legalism. I got to do more. 
where we find ourselves, where Paul's teaching us is in the middle. Love, love, love one another. Be empowered by the Spirit. God's not a debt collector. We don't have license to do whatever we want, but let us serve each other in love. And then he talks about walking in the Spirit. And you heard my pastor, Pastor Adam, one of our overseers preach on uh, walking by the Spirit in Galatians 5. Amazing message. You can go online and check that out. But, but basically the, the summation is, you know, we walk by faith by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us. And Paul makes a whole list in, in chapter 5, 16 through 26, a list of some horrific things, terrible sins. He's like, the people that practice all these won't inherit the kingdom of God. And, and he's, he, he's very frank about it. And the key word I want to encourage you with is that those that practice these things, man, come on, we've all been in some sport or in something that we practiced to get good at. Paul's talking about people that try to get good at this stuff. I mean, he lists some stuff Jealousies, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, uncleanness, fornication, adultery, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And then he goes, and the like. The list is too big. He goes, all this kind of stuff. He goes, those that, that, that practice these things will not inherit the kingdom. So what I want you to know is not those that are battling this stuff. We've all battled this stuff. We've all fought the, the old life or the, the, the decisions sometimes that we, we make. We're like, I don't want to live that way. Paul's not saying that that's the person that won't inherit the kingdom, but he's saying people that just practice these things, don't care, want to get good at it, call it holy when it's not. And he goes, you really got to check your heart if that's where you live. But then he says, but the fruit of the spirit, and he makes a a different list, is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You you know uh, the the, the scriptures, it's Galatians 5.22. So what Paul literally is telling us is that we can be led by the spirit not to walk in these things that we used to walk in, that the Holy Spirit will, will lead us, that we walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he talks about not just walking, then he, he shifts and says, be led by the Spirit. That literally means like he's the leader. The Holy Spirit is the guide. Like I've got to what slow down enough, listen to him to get the steps that he wants me to walk in. I, I don't just make my own steps. I don't decide my own path. It's the Holy Spirit that leads me. And so Paul's teaching us that we need to be led by the Spirit. I want you to get something. He doesn't say it's the works of the Spirit. He says it's the works of the flesh. It's the fruits of the Spirit. So, so there's these works of the flesh that we, that we don't need to do. Then there's fruit of the Spirit. Well, what's, how does fruit grow? Just by being planted in good soil, being planted in Jesus. Paul keeps going back to plant your life in grace. Plant your life in Jesus. The point of Galatians 5.22 is to be more like Jesus. Jesus encompasses all of those attributes. If you have Christ in you, then you become more like him. And then now we get Galatians chapter 6. And and it's an amazing passage. It gives some more specific kind of direction on practical living for the Christian. Um, And he he sums up the entire chapter in the last verse. Uh, Let me read some verses to you. And, and, And basically the summation of chapter 6 is nothing but the cross. That if if I'm going to boast, Paul says, if I'm going to boast, I boast in the cross. I boast in nothing but Jesus. In the cross, the cross alone. He says, the world's been crucified to me and I've been crucified to the world. Basically, he's saying the way I respond to life is very different now because of the cross. I'm actually responding to the world based on the cross. I'm not reacting to life anymore. I'm not reacting to my wife. I'm not reacting to my kids. I'm not reacting to the news. I'm not reacting to uh, some legalistic rules on me. 
I'm responding in love because Christ first showed me love. And I'm responding to the world based on what Christ did for me. He says it in verse 6, 1 through 3. Live creatively. This is in the message. Well, let me, let me skip down. He says this um, in the uh, New King James. He says, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you, are you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So Paul starts out saying, hey, you should be a community of gentle people. And he says, consider yourself lest you be overtaken in that trespass. A lot of churches and a lot of legalism has taught people going, you know, don't, don't get too close to sinners because you need to consider yourself unless you're tempted with the same sin they're tempted with. That's not what this translation means. But what Paul is saying is, hey, if, you're, if, you're, if someone's overtaken in a, in a sin, consider yourself like, like you used to be tempted with the same things. Like you used to fall... And consider how you struggled. Therefore, be gentle and consider how you also used to be tempted. Like, and, and that if we can be a spirit of gentle people and a community of gentleness, anybody can deal with anything and they can be restored. That we can love people and restore people. And, and Paul, again, is just talking about responding to the love that God's shown us. In verse 2, he talks about the law of Christ. He says it's the royal law of love. That's the law in the New Testament, the law of love. It's the law of Christ. He says, fulfill the law of Christ. And then he says this, carry each other's burdens. Literally, the word burden is like, is like this, um, this heavy weight that's too hard for one man to carry. So Paul is making some practicals about living in grace. Like we're called to be in community because there's things that we can't carry on our own. And so literally a burden, is, Paul's saying, is actually good for you and I because it makes us not build alone. Now, come on, I don't know how many people there are that try to do all the groceries in one trip. You know, yeah, I mean, I'll put them on every finger. I will go, my, I'll lose, I'll probably have to lose all feeling in my hands for like two weeks. I, cover, I cover, carry like 15 bags. Uh, I got white fingertips and you probably need to amputate my fingers. It's because I think I can get it all. I'm going to carry it all. I'm like one trip. Come on. Many of us live our Christian life like that with bags hanging on every hand. And like we're numb in certain areas of our life. Our hearts are numb because we've been carrying every burden. Paul says, don't live like that. Don't be prideful like that. Like be humble. Restore each other gently. I think a lot of times Christians have been scared to go to each other and help each other carry burdens because we haven't been gentle. Paul starts the whole thing out with be gentle. Like let people know that they can have others help them carry their burden. Paul says, listen. You're just really called to be holy bellhops. You're called to carry people's bags, carry baggage. And if you think, he goes on to say, if you think you're too good to carry someone's baggage, then you're delusional. Like, like that's what this is all about, that we'd help each other carry some burdens. He says, don't think that you're too good. Verse three, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Basically saying you're nobody by yourself, but you are somebody. And together we're here to help each other carry each other's burdens. Verse four, then he, he kind of makes an interesting turn and he says, but let each one examine his own work um, and then he will rejoice in him alone and not in another. So he says, look, don't compare yourself amongst each other. Like rejoice in your grace. Like if you begin to compare amongst each other, you have two options. You're going to be puffed up or in a pit of despair. Those are two options of comparison. You're going to be puffed up like, man, I got I'm doing better than them. Like, I don't have as sins like they got, man. I don't need to carry all them bags. Look at all their bags. Like if you start if you start comparing yourself to someone else, you get puffed up. Or if you see how good someone's doing, you're like, man, look at them. They're killing it. Now you go to the pit of despair. It's one of the two. Paul says that don't do that. Like be happy with who you are. Like be yourself. Like remember who Jesus made you to be. Remember who you were without him. Now remember who you are with him. 
and be who God's called you to be. Enjoy being you. Live in, live in a response to God, not reacting to what someone else is doing or what someone else is doing. Live in a response to God. Verse five, he says, for each one shall bear his own load. It seems like he contradicts himself, but what he's saying is this word load is actually like a military pack that this is your own responsibilities. What we do often is we want someone to, to take our responsibility and carry it in the name of Christian love. Well, I wish they'd just go to work for me. I wish somebody would go to work for me too and just send me a check in the mail. But that's not, Paul's saying, look, you got to carry your own responsibilities as a response to God. You've got some calling, some purpose, some responsibility. We carry each other's burdens, but we carry our own responsibility. Paul says, for each one shall bear his own load. And so I've got a responsibility. No, no one has the grace for your job. No one has the grace for your wife. I'm just asking God for grace for my wife. No, no one has the grace for your husband. You, you, you need grace for that. No one has the grace for your kids. So you carry your responsibility, Paul says, and then help each other carry their burdens. And then he goes on, verse 7 and 8. This is really kind of a theme of the whole passage in 6. He goes, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, we also reap. In the message, it says, so, we, so let's sow. But the one, this is how it says, it goes, but the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the work in him, harvest the crop of real life, eternal life. So, so literally, if we sow based on what God's already given into our life and sown grace into us, we let God do the work in us and we harvest a very practical life of fruit in God. And, and I think all of life in the kingdom should really be summarized as a response to God. Jesus says, you love me, or Paul, Paul says, you love me because I first loved you, because Christ first loved you. Um, we love God because he first loved us. He was the firstborn from among the dead. So, so again, um, Paul's letting us know, let's, let's make sure that, that we're sowing in response to God. I, if Jesus never does anything else for me, I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to sow. I'm still going to give because of all he's sown into my life. And then in verse 10, he says, don't grow weary in doing good. Like, don't let your soul get weary. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest. Like, this stuff matters. You're doing good. Don't get weary. Don't let your soul get tired. Not, not, not tired physically. Don't get weary in your heart that you will reap and God will, God will bless you as you respond to him and what he's done. And then all the way, verse 11 through 17, he summarizes and he talks about just legalism again. Paul says legalistic people were, were teaching um, this because um, they were being persecuted. They, they wanted to add circumcision because they didn't want to face persecution. Paul says, look, I'm okay to face persecution. Verse 13, he says, he says the entire irony of legalism is that they don't even live by these themselves. And so they're stuck in hypocrisy the rest of their lives. 14 and 15, he's like, this is ridiculous. I mean, Jesus wants to take care of the inside, not the outside. Verse 16 and 17, Paul's like, I'm over it. These legalists, I'm done with them. If they, they said, if they want marks, so he goes to this, he goes, if they want marks of circumcision, I've got marks. I've been beaten. I've got lashes on me. I'll show them what I've gone through for Christ. And then he summarizes all of the book of Galatians and he says, I will boast in the cross. And the word cross is crux. It's actually the biggest curse word of the day in that era, in that time. Paul says, I'll boast in something everyone else thinks is disgusting. I'll boast in the cross. And he says, from which I've been crucified to the world and the world's been crucified to me. Basically, he says, I respond to life different now. I respond to, to everything around me different because of the cross. I boast in that. I respond. I don't know about you, but if you've ever fallen or gotten hurt or 
cut yourself. I know those people that will watch themselves get stitched up or like they have surgery. Like I want to watch it. And they got the mirror and I'm like, no, 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 no. Blindfold me, put tape over my eyes. I don't even watch when blood's taken. I told the nurse last week, I was like, I'm, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a looker. I'm not a watcher. I'm not going to watch. Had my head turned. I just had to let her know, like, I'm not watching. I don't, I can't do it. She's like, you're fine, honey. Because the minute I watch, the minute I look, I begin to react. I begin to feel the pain. I begin to sweat. I begin to get nervous, right? Come on, you ever had your kid, they skin their knee, everything's fine, they're happy, then they look at it and it's like, ah, they lose it. They were fine until they saw it because they're reacting. But if they would keep their eyes on you as a dad, when they get hurt, as when they were younger, I'd be like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. All of God in this, in this passage in, in Galatians is saying, hey, look at me, keep your eyes on me. Like, look at Jesus, respond to Jesus. Do everything you're doing in life, in your Christian life, because of what Jesus did. That's what I want to leave you with. Come on, let's boast in the cross. Let's respond to God, man. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and, and His love and His grace. We're always worried about how are we loving Him. And let's look at how He's loving us. Let's look at all He's done for us, and then our life will be an amazing response from that. I love you. I hope this helps you, Galatians 5 and 6. Come on, church, let's keep believing for miracles in this next season, the rest of this year. I really believe the best days are ahead. Love you. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.